What is up, everybody? It is a Tuesday, and it's the PHNX Sun Show. I'm Aspo, your host, alongside Flex and Saul, and we got you covered today in an all Devin Booker edition of the program. Book, 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 book. Giving let's the people go, what let's they go. want. How was everybody's weekend, though? Well, I mean, we worked yesterday. I mean, wink, wink, wink. <laughs> but how was everybody's weekend? It was good, relaxing. Good. Sat at the crib, recharged the batteries. You cool. needed that after I the cross that. country yeah, move. I needed so. that. He you? moved a month ago. What are you so, talking about? Hey, that takes a lot out of you. <laughs> yeah. He it walked. does. Bro, it he does. Walked. You didn't it, I, 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 probably more mentally exhausting yeah, the last couple of weeks than, yeah. than, than physically, I would probably yeah. assume. Just yeah. an assumption. He had no, to negotiate facts. with us for the last two weeks. <laughs> I mean, that course, is exhausting. Yeah. Have you ever had to deal with me? I have. There I you go. There you go. I mean, geez. <laughs> it makes sense. Now he has to deal with us every day. <laughs> ah, I love it. Uh, How was yours? Uh, mine was pretty chill. You know, I had my birthday on Saturday. It was uh, <laughs> The wife had to work, so I was just watching that Colorado TCU game and chilling out. It was a vibe. You know, look a day older than 25. I so. appreciate that. Uh, we'll look at the birth Shut certificate up. later. <laughs> uh, let's talk about. It. We're gonna. We're gonna. You know, go I, back. I've been alive for six decades. <laughs> yeah, seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, two thousand tens, two thousand twenty. Oh, me too. You would have been yeah, born in the seventies. Yeah. That's right. Flex is actually. I am no longer the oldest man. <clears throat> Come on, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, Are first, we gonna really split hairs? It's like by like two weeks or something, man. Let me, Come on, let me just man. say this: <laughs> screw both of you because I will still be the guy acting the oldest on this. You know, we know that. Well, we know also that. acting the youngest. So, <laughs> well, let's take a look. We're gonna we're gonna go back through Devin Booker's career. We're gonna start where you always start: the early days. We're gonna take a look uh, at that. Then we're gonna look at the CP3 era, and then we're gonna look into the future as to what things could hold for Devin Booker. But early days, obviously 2015 Phoenix Suns select him with the 13th pick in the NBA draft. And I, I will never forget this day was doing a uh, producing a draft show with John Bloom for the Suns. And we hear Devin Booker and it's, you know, we, we had done our research, but you kind of scramble a little bit because I remember that day, everybody's like, well, Sons and Frank Kaminsky, this is feeling like that yeah. may be where it goes. And then Book becomes the pick, and all of a sudden you're hearing, well, this guy could be Clay Thompson light. That was kind of where the bar was set when he was drafted. But what do you guys remember about when Book was drafted and kind of the expectation set there? I just remember him playing at Kentucky and thinking, man, this dude didn't start over the Harrison twins? Right. Like, what? Like, what? The fuck? Right. Like, this guy is way better than those guys. Like, in the Harrison twins – at the time, we're getting so much love, and I was like, "There's just no way." Like, I, I just didn't believe it. And, and then to see Devin Booker get drafted, I was unsure. I think a lot of people might have been a little skeptical uh, in terms of what he could actually do at the next level. Um, but he was so young, and that was the promise, right? Like, he was 18, super young, comes into the league, and then he doesn't get basically doesn't get a shot yeah. uh, for for a significant portion of that first season. So you still were left. I don't know. What's he really capable of? And then we started to see it. And um, yeah. my first impression of Book was he's a good player. How high is his motor and how where can he go? Right. And, you know, as we'll obviously as we carry on, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of unfold that 
Because you guys already know what it is. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, I remember the first day I, I was on the, you know, having the inside conversations and it was Frank Comiskey. And I remember being pretty upset, like, oh, man, like, this is what we're going to do. Be careful what you say about Frank. No, I love Friend Frank. Frank's my guy. No, 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 no. Frank's, no, I, I'm just keeping it 100. I, I didn't feel like that was the way to go in yeah. that draft. And I could not believe that Devin was sitting there at 13. The conversations I was having, I thought he was going six. I, I had some pretty good intel that he was going to go pretty high. And as he started to slip, man, it, it, anxiety kicked in mm -hmm. because um, I remember watching the NCAA tournament and feeling like Coach Cal fumbled the bag. I mean, I think they're national champions if he adjusts the lineup and actually lets Book play a little bit more, especially versus Wisconsin. So uh, it was it was a weird day for me because I, I actually believed in Book. Now, no one can forecast this. No. But I remember the Clay Thompson talks. And I remember feeling like that young man had a lot more in the bag that was untapped because of the way Cal used him in Kentucky. So I was pretty excited. Um, I could not believe we ended up with Devin Booker. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the national talking heads, some of the scouts, were just talking about him as strictly like a three-point shooter. Right. Like that, was, that was his skill set. And we quickly learned that that wasn't just the case. But I think a lot of us forget how little he played in October, November, yeah. and the be until the beginning of December. Jeff Hornacek, who was not long for the head coaching gig uh, at this point, <laughs> uh, only played him in 14 of the first 18 games that season. And he only played, on average, seven minutes, or excuse me, 11 minutes in those games. 11. And this was, this was an anemic team. This was not a good... Yeah. Team, this was uh, the freaking uh, Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> yes, we are live. Saul's proving it. Uh, the the Eric Bledsoe, Brandon Knight, uh, Sons. This was uh, they they couldn't figure out who they were or what they wanted to be. Uh, this is Mark uh, Markeith Morris refusing to play. Yeah. Uh, year. So this team's a mess, and Devin Booker doesn't get very many opportunities. Those, uh, what I love is those first uh, fourteen games that he played. He shot sixty percent from three. Yeah. Granted, it was on one attempt per game, but sixty percent from three in the first uh, in, in those first games. Only averaged four and a half points, but. I was always surprised how little run he got early on in that from Hornacek. It's just, I mean, I, I'm not trying to bag on a coach. I, I'm, I was still, I was wrapping up my military career when Devin Booker was drafted and going through his stuff, and it was just like, I, I wasn't a big fan of Hornacek. Okay, because I think as your job as a coach is to be able to forecast what a, a player's potential is. And there's no way you couldn't see what that potential could be in, in practice. There's no way you could not see it. Right. right. Like you had to have been able to see that. And sometimes right. coaches get in their own damn way so many times because they think they need to do X, Y, and Z when in reality, the good coaches pop does this a lot yeah. in, in a very good way. They, 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 they find ways to be able to put you into situations 
where you can't help but thrive. Right. Right. And that's that was Hornacek's downfall is that he didn't really do that too much. And and listen, Devin Booker playing 11 minutes a game is ridiculous. Let me say this. I'm not sure it was 100 percent Hornacek thinking back on it because he had Bledsoe and and Knight ahead of him. And that was a lot of money that they had committed between those two guys. So pure speculation, not inside info. Let me make that clear that I'm not sure that wasn't coming down from on high, a little higher than uh, than Hornacek's pay grade that these two guys better be playing a majority of those minutes. In those See, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable co-signing that. Yeah, I am. I mean, there were some up top decisions there. Okay. They had just given Bledsoe and, and Knight the bag. Okay. So they had to kind of live with that. But to Saul's point, you can still play Bledsoe and Knight and find a way to play Devin Booker yeah. more than 11 yeah. minutes a game. And in practice, I, I'll, I'll take this one step further. Um, I've heard some of those stories and I've had conversations about those practices. And it was clear that in those practices, Devin Booker was the best player on the court. Okay. I, I mean, it was, it was clear. So when you're a coach and you're seeing that every day and you're seeing Devin bring it to Bledsoe and Knight, you're starting backcourt in practice. Um, you got something to think about. And so I, I, I think there's a little bit of both of that going on. Yeah. And, you know, but and I've talked about it on the show. The first time anybody met that guy, you knew mm-hmm. that this was a kid that knew what he was doing, that was destined to be a, you know, at least a quality guy in, in the locker room and on, on the court. Not that he was going to necessarily be the guy we see, but you could feel that, that that guy had leadership potential, that that guy understood the game. And I'm not saying they should have been playing him 30 minutes a game out the gate, but you know, 11 is a little, a little egregious, you know, outside of being told from higher up, Hey, play these two guys significant minutes in, in Bledsoe and, and night. So, right. I, again, I just, I, I, I will never understand why the leadership in some of these franchises feels like they have to control everything. Yeah. Like I get, there's a lot of money invested I get it, but you fucked that up. Yeah, I mean, I like to look at at night and compare him to book, even in in his rookie year, and to think, yeah, that's the answer, dude. Come on now. Yeah, but okay, I'm I'm just gonna flat out say it. I mean, the disgraced former owner was a guy that cared more about the freaking Excel spreadsheet than he did about the roster and well, yeah and so he i mean he's definitely just sitting there going we're paying this much money no no i get that know? but that's what i'm saying is like that's such a flaw in an organization oh, yeah. you know if i was a free agent that would probably be my first question is how do you dictate playing time is it off of stats or is it off of salaries is it off of the fundamentals and logistics or is it off of rep like right. what are we talking about here right and for far too long this franchise was run by a guy that didn't know his fucking ass from a hole in the head. No, it's true. I mean, this is the Straight same up. this is the same year coming off the summer. This is Trevor Reza. 
mm-hmm. right? And we all know how that worked out, <laughs> right? I mean, this is that same year. I mean, I remember. Well, I think we played the, Dallas it's the year ne- the year after this was Trevor Ariza. Yeah, it was not, Book's it was rookie year. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. 18, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Ariza was the following yeah, year. Correct. That was the following I'm sorry. Summer. Um, it, it, there was just a lot of weird things going on mm-hmm. in the front office. And people trying to justify certain moves. And like you said, owners trying to be GMs and, and talent evaluators. Kid, and uh, Kids of owners being involved in things. Right. You know, and and I'm, I'm going to tell you where I was surprised with the book pick. Because I was terrified. Like now when we got to 11, I'm in my house and I'm like, bro, we're going to get Devin Booker. Now, again, I, I got I to gotta clear the air here. I did not think that Devin was going to be the guy he is. But I I was very confident that this guy was a top five, seven dude in this draft. And so now we're getting close and I start to worry because we didn't need another guard. So you start to go into that, you know, that thought process is like, okay, are they actually going to take a guard when they just gave these two guards the bag? And are they going to do what they always do? And try to fill a void that they need. I mean, I remember I knew Earl Clark personally. <laughs> I remember that pick. Yeah. I, I, you know, that that wasn't good business. And so I was worried that they were going to try to reach and do something else. Uh, I mean, I was worried that they were still going to trade up to try to get Kaminsky even after he went nine. And there were some rumors yeah. that they may have actually attempted that in that year. So. There, there's some stuff. We talked about this recently. Yeah. There's some things that, you know, I got to hold tight. <laughs> but one day the, the air will be cleared <laughs> on this, man. And uh, it's, it's, it's interesting how that draft played out, guys. I, I love that the assertion was that the Suns had so many great guards. Listen to the – this is just point guards and shooting guards. Listen to these names. Eric Bledsoe, Lorenzen Brown, Bryce Cotton – uh, Archie Goodwin, uh, Josh <laughs> Jenkins, uh, Phil, Phil Pressey, <laughs> Ronnie a nice Price, guy too, John Jenkins, Sonny Weems, and there's some very nice human beings on that list. But I would not. Oh, oh, I forgot Orlando Johnson as well as uh, the the pre-mentioned Brandon Knight. So like, and they got Sonny, and that one's the one that I always bring this up. I keep saying Sonny, Sonny Weems. Y'all heard me say that before. That's one of the behind-the-scenes things that pisses me off, man. What? No, I mean, it's just they brought in Sonny from overseas and they started making promises. And I'll say it honestly, Devin didn't play because of Sonny Weems, guys. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. They 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 said we we brought Sonny over. We believe in what he did overseas. Um, we're gonna stick with Sonny Weems. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, yo, are y'all kidding me, man? Y'all y'all can't y'all not are y'all watching practice? <laughs> Very nice guy, Sonny, but great yeah, guy. Sonny uh, Weems and it wasn't like, his fault. No. Sonny Weems' name sounds like one of those sketchy dudes on the AAU circuit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, you need a shoe deal? Hey, you need to go talk to Sonny or Weems. Sonny Weems, <laughs> right? He he went back uh, overseas and had great success, I believe, in China. Yeah, after it, but which ain't is, nothing wrong with that. No, ain't nothing wrong with that. But like, yeah, he. It was pretty obvious that Devin Booker was the guy that should have been getting minutes. But it's so sorry, look, Sonny. Didn't mean to catch strays on the show. <laughs> I don't know who you are. You know, but I apologize. You know, I love you, Sonny, from our son's days. But yeah, I mean, it's you look at it, and he doesn't play. But then all of a sudden, from December first on, some injuries take place. 
some changes in what the feeling around the organization was, and he starts getting minutes. Yeah, He starts playing well, so much so that he gets the invite to play in the rookie game at uh, at All-Star Weekend in Toronto and also winds up in the three-point shooting contest. Yeah, I feel like this was the moment where people started taking more note of Devin Booker, including in this town, when he's out there in Toronto and he finishes, I believe, second in in that uh, I was out there with him. I'm the only person afterwards talking to him, and he goes, the the money quote he gives is, I I will be back, but I just feel sorry that I couldn't bring it home for the fans of Phoenix. Genuinely, not like the bullshit. Yeah. Like, I was like, all right, this guy already knows how to get to get the Suns fans' hearts too. And I feel like that was a turning point in terms of uh, people starting to recognize Devin Booker for the talent. Agree. I mean, that, that was it. That was it. I mean, you know, I think he finished second behind Clay, right? Yes. Um, put up great numbers. Now you got the world watching. That's huge when when you do that. And then the injuries, man. I you know I've always been I've always used this phrase blessings in disguise, and we see it happen every year with injuries. Um, somebody would go down, and and it seems like the worst thing ever. Um, that was not the worst thing ever. No. That was uh, that was the beginning of something special. So I, what I take from that is I remember I was out in the East Coast still. And they played Philly. And so I was able to get out to the game. I was right behind the Suns bench. Book was was getting a start. And I took one of my nephews to the game. And I'm like, hey, man, this is the job tonight. We're going to go to the game. And all you're going to do is watch this young kid, Devin Booker. And then on the ride home, I want you to give me your honest opinion, up close and personal, what this dude is. Um, and I trust my nephew's opinion good athlete, great basketball knowledge. We drove home and he looked at me and said, man, that kid's fucking terrific. That kid's going to be a savage. And so it, I, I think you started to see the the shift in the real perspective. And I mean this from ball players too. If you went, I was at that game. You can see there were real ball players interacting and they're like, bro, this guy's cold. And you see it early. Mm-hmm. That's a rare thing, man, in this game. Yeah, it really is. Like, you know, again, like, I think he's had so many moments that have caught people by surprise. Um, I I just, you know, I know you like to say that that's kind of the first time that a lot of people um, really started to take notice of Devin Booker. Um, I I actually don't really think so. I, I actually think Devin Booker didn't really start to get recognized until uh, till the 70-point game. Really? That yeah, far off? I, That's a yeah, whole year? Like, like to grab everybody's attention okay. in that matter. Like, yeah, All-Star okay. Saturday Night, cool. But after it's done, like, people just, like, next, okay. and they move on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he probably had more publicity at Kentucky that one year than he did his first couple seasons with the Suns in terms of national exposure oh, yeah. by yeah. a mile. You yeah, know what I mean? So, like, like, it was just, you know, it was kind of a tough go. At, at, not for him in terms of, like, his abilities by any stretch of the imagination, but in terms of the notoriety and still to this day to this yeah. like right now we are still having those conversations trying to validate Devin Booker in the national perspective because there's still a lot of casuals out there 
that don't want to give him his due. They just think that he's a one-trick pony. Like, how many times do we have to look at a right. discussion and see, like, well, yeah, but he doesn't play defense? What? Are you kidding like, me? Like, do you not watch these games? No, they don't. Like, that's the problem. That's the, that, was, that is absolutely the problem. And I'm talking more locally when people started taking notice. I gotcha. Was, okay, okay. Was more okay. of that. And after that All-Star game, he averaged 19 points, played 35.3 minutes per game, had five different 30-point or more performances and also had the B legendary game where the Lakers came to town for Kobe's last game, plays 41 minutes, drops 28 points, has seven assists, three rebounds. Yeah. And I, and I remember that being another touch point in that rookie year where everybody's like, I mean, Kobe's noticing something, something here in this yeah. kid uh, as well. And he, I mean, he really tried to take it to Kobe that game uh, yeah. you know, because he was like, this is my last chance to play against yeah. this guy that I've yeah. idolized. So. Yeah. I mean, listen, Devin, talk about the 70-point game. Do you oh, remember yeah. what you were doing that night? Yes. I, was, I actually didn't see it. You didn't, I didn't see either. it? I didn't see Can it. Can I tell you what you were watching? I didn't see it until later on that night. Now, is that because you were watching something else? You were preoccupied? No, you were I, on vacation? I, I was wrapped up at work. Okay. Okay. I was. What were to, you doing? I was out to dinner with my family, I remember, and I'm— looking at my phone, watching this point total just start to climb, saying to my dad, something special is going on, and my wife's going, why are you on your phone? Right. And I'm like, because Devin Booker's doing something. Right. I got there for the, like the last half of the fourth quarter and kind of saw it and then went back and rewatched. But I just remember looking at this going, what the hell is going on? Because, right. you, it, I mean, the first half wasn't... You only had 19. Yeah, it wasn't anything. You're like, oh, this is... It's a nice first half, and then all of a sudden, it just starts piling on. And especially that fourth quarter is is crazy. How you know how he gets to seventy and everything, uh, just yeah. just nuts. Where where were you, and what what else was going on that we well, were supposedly? He, here, here's the thing about that night, um, and and I take I say this with pride. I have not missed a Phoenix Suns basketball game, not a second, twenty five years. Okay, I, I mean. The Suns, in my house, if you come in, we're watching the Suns. I don't care what's going on. Super Bowl could be going on. We're watching the Suns, okay? That night was interesting because that was UCLA, Kentucky, De'Arian Fox versus Lonzo Ball on a national stage in the, NCAA, in, in the tournament, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet 16. There you go. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So this is, everyone's calling me. Uncle Flex, we're going by. got to see Lonzo De'Arian. Book's playing Boston. Right. So for the first time in my life, I'm like, I'm going to I'm going I'm going to adjust some things. Y'all all, all want to <laughs> see this game. I got the TV on downstairs. I got book on upstairs. I got another TV I'm following. And yeah, third quarter, I just walked in the living room and was like, OK, this is a wrap. <laughs> Take that off. What's going on? Yeah. Book books doing something crazy. Book like yeah, book. Sit down here and watch. And I remember we're all around the TV, and I remember the narrative being, "Oh, well, he got it a cheap way, and they were fouling, and they were doing this." That wasn't the narrative for real hoop dudes in my house. Oh, no, watching no, the game. No, that's, that's never been. That's there. never that. You see never what I'm saying? It, it pisses me. It really pisses me off. That's, because, that's, for, the, that's for the box score dummies, right. man. I swear it is. Because if you talk, do you know how hard it is just to get thirty in a game? In like practice, you got seventy. In practice, and you got fifty-one all? against a legit playoff team 
on their home court in the second half. Yeah. Like, you can't discredit that. No. I, and I, I guess one of the best defensive teams in the league. Yeah. But some of Earl Watson's moves didn't do him any favors. When well, some of the things that, you know, the, some of the fouls that they took and whatnot. I get that. I think, I think that's where the national narrative came in. And I still, to this day, and I will die on this hill, the reason the national media has the bent against Devin Booker the way they do is that 70-point game. You think so? 100%. Because remember the outrage nationally about no, how we I, got forget it? Forget nationally. I'm in New Jersey hearing local guys kill it. Yeah. And I actually had a conversation with Gambo at the arena because I happened to just be coming out here, right? I was coming out here mm-hmm. like I came out here right when they got back from that trip. Yeah. I was in the arena and I ran into Gambo at the arena and I heard something he said. And I'm like, yo, really, dude? And we had a conversation about it. My stance on it is this. I'll die on this hill. If I'm the coach and my 19-year-old stud has a chance to get 70 points... Shit, I'm fouling a couple more times. Oh, I don't think there's anything. I'm I'm going a couple more times. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I think that's where all these people got bent out of shape about it, and I think that's where this stigma about Devin Booker and all this, he's a scorer on a bad team, all these things that we heard, this narrative that continues to come out about him to this day started right there because people didn't like him doing that Against a, a a blue blood NBA yeah, franchise, crazy. they were cheering they in were. Boston, bro. When I've you could been do that in, in that Boston? building. Yes, I've been in that building, bro. They were cheering. The fans wanted them to foul more. Yeah, they're like, yeah. "Yo, let them try to get seventy five. This is Boston, oh, man. Yeah. This is if you can win I'm over sorry, that crowd. I'm, I'm, no, no, you're good, yeah. man. Listen, the the thing that you need to understand is is like true basketball fans and and people that respect the game can embrace greatness when yeah. they see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't see somebody drop 70 points in a game every night or every season in the NBA. Last year, I think we had one. I think it was uh, Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell had yeah. a 70. Um, but before that, it was Devin Booker. That's it. That's, that's it. You know what I mean? Kobe had 81 before that. Like, that's right. that, when, you, when you're in the middle, it's no different than, like, in baseball when you realize somebody's got a no-no or a perfect game. Like, you get to a certain point where, like, Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of rooting for this to happen, even though it's against my team. Correct. Like, because it's cool. Correct. Like, Correct. you've just never seen something like that. So, right. like, and then on top of that, like, as Triple B said, he did it in Boston, and, and Boston fans don't even like puppies or ice cream. It's <laughs> right, true. Right. It's absolutely true. Right. The Garden. I mean, if there was any other place that he could have done it that would have been more legendary, would have been the other Garden in New York. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. it, it was tremendous. And for people to try and bag on, on, on that moment, and try to degrade it. It's just, it's so, um, it's it, typical. Well, <laughs> it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. It really doesn't. No, I just, I've never no. understood it because for me, like I've, I've followed the Suns. I've been a huge Suns fan my whole life. But at a certain point in my life, I was wrapped up with military stuff and other, you know, personal stuff. So I couldn't, you know, in, invest a lot of time into it. Right. So when I, when I got around to finally like, you know, resuming my love for the Suns and watching every single game, it was basically at the tail end of all this, like okay. 18, 19, 20. And so my first impression of Devin Booker in person was so different than the impression that you would get from the national media or even here locally. Like I just I had no idea to see him in person, go through his workouts, 
mingle with the fans, the way he spoke, the way he he conducted himself. I I, I mean, I was sold from day one. Like yeah. this is that dude. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just never understood the seventy eight at all. Yeah, and I think we're we're gonna constantly have have this national feeling about him the way it is, and I don't think it's fair, and I don't even think winning a title is necessarily going to change that. Uh, but to your point about when you see historic things going on, you just kind of put aside whatever it is if you love ball and you watch it. That was Kobe's final game for me. I I know it's not popular to say it now, but I wasn't a big Kobe fan yeah. when he was playing. Like it just obviously Lakers, Suns, just wasn't wasn't my cup of tea. And I sat there and I watched the entire second half of that final game because people were like, well, look at what he's doing. It was all over social. I'm like, I want to watch this because it's it's history and it's amazing basketball. And I, I'm shocked that Booker 70 isn't still looked at that. It's the most ever scored against the Celtics in their entire franchise You're history. You're talking about Kobe's 81? No, Kobe's final. The last game. game. The yeah. I was, I was in the arena watching that. Yeah. You know that happened. He was playing. The Suns were having had a home game. I was in the mm-hmm. arena. Oh, with the Suns were in. Gotcha. At the Suns were yeah. in. Game ended. Yeah. Everybody wanted to find a TV. Cole's yeah. about to drop 60. Last game. Right? That's what you root for, man. That's Historic. If moments. we had a PHNX pickup game, like everybody just gets together and rocks, and we're like, yo, we're going to have a game, and Emma's going to rock, and we're going to have a fun time with it. If any of us fools... Drop 70 in the parking lot. <laughs> well, we be better about talk it. about it. <laughs> yeah, people would be. You know what I'm saying? Like 70 is 70, wherever no, the hell true. you do it. Will people true. talk about my blowing hammy? Because that's going to happen if we have a pickup. <laughs> well, it's funny because people are in the chat. We were talking about they want to see uh, Flex, myself, and Gerald play play 21. Like, oh, oh, let's go. Who well, gets no love? Fine. <laughs> Fine. I see how it is. People talking about my alley oop from Book, though. You see that. Yeah, yeah I, I see that. I see that. Uh, the next big touch point in book in this early era was winning that three point contest in 2018. Uh, and that was, that was great, but really what we remember from this era that really defined Devin Booker is the eight, no bubble run. Yeah. And that, uh, that Booker pose after hitting that game winner <laughs> over, uh, over Kawhi and Paul George there in the bubble against the Clippers. That's the moment where I think we all knew this guy is a superstar. Like we were, we felt like we felt like, you know, this guy's going to be a star. He's going to, but that moment I think was where everybody went. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is it. This is the guy. It actually, it wasn't that game for me. It was actually the game. I think it was just a <laughs> day or two prior. <laughs> they were playing OKC and, um, and book was pulling up from half court. And hitting shots. Oh, that's the shot he shot. And and, yeah. and I just remember thinking, this shit is way too easy for this guy. Yeah. Like it's just way too easy for this guy. Like it doesn't. It just looks effortless. You right. know what I mean? And when I saw that, I was just like, yeah, there, there's not what game against OKC in the bubble. You, you want? You want? We're gonna talk about that game because <laughs> that game has some real serious implications. Yeah, because Chris Paul was playing that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He got to see it. Up that was the one. Didn't they, they uh, talk like, right yes, after that, that game? Bro, guys, yeah. God, look at my face. That was the one. Yeah. Well, that whole that whole bubble run, too. That's a great I mean, point. So, yeah. I mean, we forget 
they weren't even in the playoff picture. They only got invited because they wanted the Pelicans there and Zion, so they had to invite one more team. Yeah. They went to 22. Yeah. Suns weren't supposed to be there. That's they fact. go 8-0, and they miss – They it's the play-in for the first time. They miss it because the Nets win uh, win a game, the last no. game. Right? Karis LeVert. Yes, the game miss. The dude had like 50. He's killing everybody. They, he decides you to – a fadeaway oh, against really? Portland. They, they yeah. lost. That's they lost. Right. They, they Nets lost. lost. Portland yeah. won. Portland got in. Portland yeah. got in instead of the Suns. <laughs> but you look at that, and before the bubble, they didn't. They weren't even going to be within shouting distance of playoffs. All all of a sudden, that eight no run wakes a lot of people up to it, yeah. and that will lead to the next era we're going to talk about. But you know what's not an error? Signing up for the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Okay. Right now, if you bet $10 and you use that promo code PHNX, you're going to receive $200 in bonus bets instantly, uh, regardless of your wager outcome. You can win, you can lose, doesn't matter. You're getting those $200 in bonus bets that easy. Four easy steps to do it. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android and sign up using that code PHNX. Deposit at least $10 in your newly created account and then place a wager of at least $10 at standard odds price. Once you have placed that qualifying bet, you're getting that $200 in bonus bets just that easy. Uh, I love the app. I love betting on MGM. Bet MGM. I love their sports book out here too. It's fantastic. So sign up today. Use that promo code PHNX and place your first bet on <laughs> wager through the sports book app. Of at least ten dollars, you're getting that two hundred dollars instantly. Let's uh, listen to Shane read the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Hey, real quick, before you get on to the next ad read, I just want to clarify a few things in this chat, okay? First of all, my knees are like 95 years old, so you're <laughs> actually kind of right about that, hello. Uh, I, I actually have a pretty bad meniscus problem right now that caused me not to be able to play in my basketball league anymore, so that kind of sucks. However, I will recover, and when I do recover, that hook shot will be fucking <laughs> fluid. I promise you that. I got the sweeping hook like no other... Ooh. I will I will take a charge like nobody's business in, in one of our pickups. <laughs> well you don't games. have to worry about a charge for me because I ain't running anybody over. <laughs> you know you know what you don't have to have to charge? I got nothing. I got nothing. But you know what I do love is this it's circle K inner circle right now. I, well, what do you want? All right. If you have an electric car, no, I don't I got nothing. The Circle K Inner Circle app is one of the coolest things that I have joined recently when you download it you're gonna get 25 per, or 25 cents per off per <laughs> gallon on your first five fill-ups it's totally free all you got to do is download the app put in your phone number they're going to take care of you you're also going to get five free uh polar pops which i've used all of mine already and you're gonna get these every sixth free item when you get pizza coffee 
or ice cold fountain drinks. Join the Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. That was, that was actually on cue because that ad read was much like Devin Booker's start to his career. A little choppy at first, then it got smoothed yeah. down and it was a little bit better at look, the end. Look, you guys have tried to bench me <laughs> on the ads. No, like, we have not. Like uh, We have not. I kind of enjoy it. You've been dog. trying to be I kind of enjoy this. The Jeff Hornacek to my Devin Booker, <laughs> and I'm just ain't gonna let it. Ain't gonna let it happen. You know who I am to your? I'm I'm Earl Watson. You're Earl Watson. Okay. I'm Earl because Earl love book man. <laughs> this is true. You're gonna let me drop my seventy in ad read, and yes. however it takes. So CP3 era is where we're gonna start. Yep. Obviously, that bubble run in that OKC game in particular leads to Chris Paul saying Phoenix is where I want to be. OKC taking care. Of it for him getting CP3 here, and that changes everything when it comes to the Suns and Devin Booker. It's the first sign that we see that players <clears throat> want to come to Phoenix to play alongside Book. Yeah. Uh, big name guys want to, and all of a sudden it starts to shift the perspective of this team. That 18 19 season, a couple things happened. First, that team was so god awful. Um, and they had no glimmer of hope outside of Mikhail, D.A., and Booker that they were like, how are we going to fix this? And everybody kept talking about they need a point guard, they need a point guard, they need a yeah. point guard. They got Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio kind of set the foundation for what was to come. You know, like he kind of he, – he got guys into position better. He yep. was able to find guys um, in the system a lot easier. Um, obviously, they also made the change over to Monty at that time as well. More structure – more more semblance of an organization that isn't in chaos because yeah. uh, it was looking really rough. I mean, hell, Woj at one point was talking about the fact that the NBA might need to get involved and take over the franchise because yeah. it was so damn discombobulated, yeah. right? So, well, they, so, they should have, but yeah, for other reasons. Yeah. So, reason. so there's a lot of things going on right there. But then, then you get to CP3 in that bubble, yeah. the OKC game, mm -hmm. as you pointed out, was I think that was the first time Chris Paul in a – in a very focused environment, was able to see, oh, shit, there, there's something here. Yeah. And there's a potential here that I don't think a lot of people realize, especially with DA, because I know Chris Paul thought that he could pull a lot out of DA himself. Um, you know, and then obviously you have Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges and stuff like that. So, and, and I think is th this is the time right here, this, this last window, because we haven't seen anything yet uh, past this, where Devin Booker went from good player to great player, to star, yeah. to now superstar. Yeah. He's a superstar in the NBA, without a doubt. Hell He's one yeah. of the top five to ten players in the league. There's undisputable. Um, and if you dispute it, you're just a straight-up hater. That's yeah. all you are. Yeah. Like, his evolution and then the, his ability, and this is where I think Devin Booker has made that next transition, um, his ability to soak up what CP3 um, did how he did it, how he went about doing it, and how methodical he was about doing it, and how he soaked that and took it for himself and was able to distribute, become more of a playmaker, be, become a lot more patient, methodical in terms of his own play, and has, has grown his game to another level. That mm. I, Again, I don't know how many of us really thought that that was going to happen. Right. It takes a special circumstance and situation to evolve into that. And that's exactly what's unfolded. And let's not forget about the fact that after that 18-19 season, or maybe he was in the middle of it, he said, yeah, I think it would be cool to have a super team here yeah. in Phoenix. He's the first one to really say, you know what? 
everybody was worried about Devin Booker's getting so good. Are we going to lose him? Because we right. have this fear factor about us in Arizona that we can't have good things, so they're going to inevitably leave. Devin Booker was like, y'all need to stop that shit because I'm trying to bring the good shit to us. Right. And and that's why Devin Booker means so much more to the Valley than just about any other athlete in Arizona history outside of maybe Larry Fitzgerald because yeah. he's trying to bring it to us. And that's what I think is phenomenal. What am I wrong? The CP3 coming here. I think Devin Booker goes from raw innate talent to understanding some of these additional habits, some of these additional things that you have to do. Like CP3 was that kind of that example that helped his game. I don't like the word mature because he was very mature in yeah. the way he handled himself, but evolve, like become that full full perspective on things like i don't he didn't get more talented he always was that talented right. i think things started to evolve in that way i i like to look at the cp3 thing and i like to go back a little bit so before cp came you started to hear rumblings hey lebron who's a guy that you like in the league that's underrated man that boy devin booker check right yo kd Who's a guy you like in the league? Hey, man, Devin Booker. He talks shit. Yeah. Right? Check. Hey, Dame Lillard. If you can go to a game with your wife and sit courtside to watch a player, who you want to see? Hey, man, Devin Booker. Kyrie Irving. Right? That's what he said. Now, these things are starting to happen behind the scenes, but the, the national media and most people are oblivious. Why? Because they see it. It's a hot take. Under the rugs, right? Now, CP comes. Now, here's my argument about the CP thing. I don't know how much CP did for Book. He obviously learned some things. You're you, you, you having a master class with CP. Mm -hmm. But can we be honest? That is the first time Devin Booker played with a dude that was an all-star. That was a clear-cut, no question about it, that dude can hoop. That dude could be the best player on the court on any given night. The first time in his career that he had that. And to me, I think we get too complicated. When I look at it and I say, hey, man, they finally gave to do somebody that's of equal ilk. And he goes right to the finals. Hey, Sonny so Williams was an all-star overseas. <laughs> uh, P.J. Tucker was an MVP overseas. I mean... Ray yeah, Spalding. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, God. I'm keeping it real, Luke, guys. Luke Zeller. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what I'm saying? So it bugged. Like, I'm like, yo, listen, the guy was given a first ballot Hall of Famer at 36, right? Mm -hmm. He's 36 when he came here. And that young man just sat there and said, yo, I'm going to soak this up. I trust you. We're going to get better from each other. And wink, wink, we're going straight to the damn finals, year one. Yeah. Like, that's an incredible thing. And I think that paved the way for what we're seeing with KD, with Brad Beal. And last week on the show, we talked about the ring things. And I'm with you, so one is hard. But if that kid gets one or two, I think there's going to be another wave of that happening. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where it can get scary, man. So, like I said, he's a chameleon. He can adapt his game to any type of style and I think that's what makes him the most unique player in the NBA right now. Yeah, in 2020 his first All-Star appearance, he goes three straight times, but this is where uh, again somebody you mentioned uh in Dame Lillard says, 
I can't play, but I want Devin Booker Correct. taking my spot. And that's another moment where it's like that Check. I think that I think that's the one that the national media took more attention to because the Suns had started winning and they're like, oh, Endame is vouching for this kid. Yeah. Uh it, he goes on in two thousand one or t- two thousand twenty one, obviously. They make the finals, they fall short. He winds up all first team NBA in twenty twenty two. Uh he winds up fourth in MVP voting in 2022. They set the franchise record. Oh, and I missed in 2021, he won a gold medal right after the finals. This this is where the legend of Devin Booker starts to starts to really be built here is you you start to see this all come together. Those early years, those those big games on bad teams, that skill, and it starts to evolve here into this guy's the the complete deal. Yeah, within it manifests. And it's kind of funny how how fast things can change. I mean, we had Chris Paul for three seasons, um, three fun seasons. You yeah. know, when he's healthy, he's one of the 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 best guards in the league. Like, the problem was that he just was not healthy. And I think Devin Booker went from relieved that he had a competent counterpart to, and I Devin would never say this, and I'm not I'm not trying to put words into his mouth, but from my my perspective um it's like okay well now i need you and half the time you're not available especially in the playoffs and so here comes kd yeah. and now kd's here and chris paul's gone and we got bradley beal <laughs> like it's just <laughs> and, you know and we're all sitting here wondering like well how are they going to be able to afford any players in the future they're going to find a way. Yeah. Like, I have no doubt they're going to find a way. They have assets that they can trade to get more draft picks and, and capital to be able to make some more moves down the road. And, and, it, and it looks bleak right now, but nobody cares because we're, we're trying to win a championship, yeah. and that's all that matters. And Devin Booker's role in this, the way he's gone about this is, listen, he's, he's on social occasionally. He's yeah. not a heavy social user. Nope. He's not tweeting at fans. He's not really responding to he's a lot of people. KD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not KD. No, no, no. He's got a different vibe about him. He's yeah. a he's a more private person um, than I, I. I think uh, I know. I know a lot of people want to learn more about Devin Booker. That's just not Devin Booker. That's not him. Like, and he's no. happy being the 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 champion of Phoenix Suns basketball and trying to advance those efforts to winning a championship. But he's not going to be that that viral superstar on a social media level. He's going to let his play do the talking. Yeah. He is literally making his play do the talking, um, and it's and it's speaking volumes right now. Yeah, well, yeah. And we're at a point where they have to nitpick to find things yeah. really <clears throat> bag on this guy. Like we talked about last week. Oh, his point average in uh, in elimination games and Mason. Like, no, they they have to dig pretty deep to find yeah. some some way to knock on this guy now and look the kd thing was cp3 on steroids right everybody yeah. kind of knew cp3 was entering the the later stage of his career i get that that kd is is in his mid-30s but it was still one of the best guys in the league one healthy over the last yeah. three years. So I think that was a, a huge, another huge thing for book. Here. Yeah. I mean, Katie was 55, 40, 90. Yeah. First, last year. wasn't he the first guy. Yeah, ever? I mean, who does that? Right. Um, the ankle injury set them back. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, Book was dealing with some things. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Chris Hurst is uh, groin. Um, Katie was dealing with an ankle and a knee. Um, There was a plethora of stuff going on with that team in the playoffs. Um, I look at this now and I'm saying, okay, um, you got KD, you got Bill, you got Book. Here's the difference now. This team right now, I don't think there's anybody on this team that's questioning whose team it is, right? No. Devin's Devin's clearly established that. Y'all are here because of me. Um, and that's that's a great thing. When you got Kevin and, and Bill and, and Chris that can say that, uh, it's an incredible fleet feat for a, a young guy like Devin. Um, so I look at this now and I'm saying, what's the next step? The next step for Devin is to seize this opportunity. And he has and to. He, he just has to. There's no more, like, we're at a point where, like, okay, you have to seize this opportunity because – there are going to be people that are going to point everything at Devin if it fails, mm-hmm. right? They're not going to. They're not going to say, "Yo, KD's thirty-five, yo, Bills, you know, had a couple years, blah blah." They're going to point everything at Devin. So, um, it's going to it's go time. I guess that's where I'm getting at. It's go time. You know, you know one thing, real quick. I'm sorry. Uh, one thing I do. You kind of hit on something about this is. This is Devin's opportunity. Like this is this is it. Like you got to win a ship here in the next year, two or three. Otherwise, you end up being like Barkley, and you're revered and you're loved, but you didn't win the title. Um, I also think there's another side of this, and this is not anything related to Devin Booker. I think for far too long in this city, we have we've baked in excuses as to why we might not do something down the road. Yeah. Right. And I think. People try to do that. Well, they didn't have this. They didn't have that. Well, this, 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 like all this other bullshit, right? I think as a fan base, like we 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 should not be doing that this year. Our expectations should be championship. Our 100%. expectation as a fan base is like we are we are here to support the team no matter what to get the title. Because one of the things that I noticed with Denver specifically okay. is at some point in that season they went from can we win it. Are we good enough to win it to a million percent? We can win this. And the fan base just kind of switched, a, you know, flipped a switch from this built an excuse kind of fan base. And, oh, well, everything's always against us. Jamal Murray's always hurt and blah, blah, blah to, oh, we're going to win this fucking yeah. thing. And then they did. Yeah. And I think you need to make that switch. We, we always talk about Lakers fans as being entitled. And we fucking hate them. Like, that's just what it is. We don't like Lakers fans. That's fine. But I also think that we should start to feel that entitlement. If anybody is owed a championship in any sport ever, it is the Phoenix fucking Suns. (laughs) Like, a million percent. And, like, we all need to, like, just embrace that and be here for the challenge. And if if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. Right. So fucking be it. But if Devin Booker is out there doing everything he possibly can to try and win a ship, us as a fan base need to do everything we can in supporting that effort. Um, uh, social media, in the stadium, like that shit should be rocking from day one to game 82. I got to say something, please. Do you see this? I'm, I'm, I'm big on that. If you're going to rock with the Phoenix Suns you and you're going to sit here in August and September... And say, yo, we're the best team in the league. We got Devin Booker. We got KD. We got Bill. Well, damn it. 
If one of those guys gets hurt and we win two out of ten, I don't want to hear you flipping the script. Yeah. I, I it just annoys me. Yeah. Like these guys are giving their hearts and their souls to this sport, to this fan base, to this community. And when they're down, that's where you really show your fandom from my, from my perspective. Like it's like, yo, they're down. Let's let's get behind them. Let's get them right because we believe in them. But did, too many times last year that happened, guys. Oh, and man. it was driving me crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, um, we got to stop that. If we want to be a championship fan base on a championship team, we got to start switching that mentality got and to. saying we're the best team in the world. Let's stop making excuses. Go get it. Well, and, you know, I think fans went into last year going, well, the regular season doesn't matter. And then the second thing started to go back, well, the regular season Not matters, matters now. Yeah. It's like, Okay, we get that. But look, the future's bright, and we're going to get into it. But you know what we need when things are bright? Uh-oh. A pair of shady rays. And you know what? I went to I went to the homeland of sunglasses this week. And I, I did, too. Car- was that I you? Too. They said, oh, this other guy came in from PHNX. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I went up there, and I I tried on all these, yeah. all these different glasses, and unbelievable, right? They've got... It, they're almost their entire selection there that you can try on. I, uh, I I loved it and the quality. You can tell it when you're when you hold these when you put them on. You're like this ain't some chintzy shit. This is this is the real deal. You're getting high quality materials. I highly recommend go you go out there. to go out to Kierlin Commons and check them out for yourself. And they got they got. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this in the ad read. They got eighteen dollar mystery boxes of sunglasses. Well, they had a deal I, for Labor Day. Yeah, well, they did, but uh, just yeah. the the eighteen dollar mystery sunglasses. I bought a pair because I'm like, look, just eighteen bucks for a sixty dollar pair of sunglasses. I'm going to do it, and they turned Worked out, out quite Ooh. quite nice. Okay. Uh, right now, though, if you go to their website and use the code PHNX, you're going to get fifty percent off two pairs or more. They're going to take care of you with that. Also, did you use the promo code while you were there? I did not because it wasn't eligible on. Uh, on discounted merch like that. Oh, well, see, that's where Espo fucked up. Because all you had to do was go in there and say, hey, I have a promo code, PHNX, show it to them on the phone, and you get the same glasses discounted at 50% off. Plus, they gave me the mystery pair for free. Did they? Yeah. Yes. So, like, Man, my, I'm going. My wife right got the mystery I'm pair. Going. Like, you can walk in there. So, you can actually sample them all um, before you buy them if, you you know, you're kind of questioning how it feels or whatever like that. So, check them out. Kirlin Commons. ShadyRays.com. That's the. I mean, to me, I have about three pairs of Shady Rays. I love them all. Different kind, kind of lenses and colors. I uh, fantastic. Yeah, I've decided to commit. They do prescriptions. Yes, and yeah. I'm going to get those because I have a tough time without them. But I'm definitely going to spend the money on that because they're high quality. Also, great return policy. Yep. Lose them, break them, whatever. They're going to take care of you. Uh, and again, exclusively for our listeners, you're getting the best deal of the season. ShadyRays.com. Use promo code PHNX. You're getting 50% off two pairs or more. Try the shades for yourself that have been rated five stars by over 250,000 people. And a big shout out to Spaghetti Shack, who uh, brought us lunch today. It was spectacular. We all enjoyed that, keeping us fueled on what has been a crazy day in the office. I wouldn't have eaten if it weren't for Spaghetti Shack, so thank you very much. Make sure to check out their new uh, ASU location. That's at 922 East Apache Boulevard in Tempe. Now let's talk about the future for Devin Booker. We've looked at the past. We looked at this past uh, this last era now we're looking at the future first off he is 
almost going to be the Suns' all-time leading scorer. He's going to move into second this season. If he averages 25 points for the next 119 games, which is a little over the next two seasons, he will be the all-time Suns' point leader. So I think that is a given. That will that will be coming up in the next two seasons. He's going to be the all-time leader in points for the Suns, which moves him, I think, pretty close in the argument to greatest son of all time once you've accomplished that. And, look, the thing that solidifies it, and we've talked about it, is a championship, right? Uh, and then the other two things that I think put him well beyond that and into the conversation of a, a top 75 all-time in the league or whatever MVP and all-star MVP. Where do you guys land on what this future looks like and what he needs to do? So I think right now as we sit, <clears throat> I think Devin Booker is the third greatest son of all time. And I thought about this a lot this weekend. And the reason mm. why is because Barkley won MVP and mm. got to the finals. Okay. okay? Um, also, Barkley was all NBA. Barkley is Barclay's first. Right? Like he was Second face of the NBA. Yeah. Okay. And then you have Steve Nash, all NBA performer, um, obviously a ton of all-star games, but also two MVPs um, and multiple Western Conference finals appearances. We don't have to go into that. Um, but came so close. And you can make the argument that he would have went to the finals had there not been a referee and fucking scam. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, okay, so you, so you have those two things. And I think you have to have two to be in this argument for the top one overall. Okay. Uh, any combination of finals appearances and MVPs. If Devin Booker gets to another finals appearance, that's two. He, he and he it. matches the other two, and that's more than any other player in franchise history. If he wins a title, trumped everything. He's, he's okay. the... He's the guy because he's done something nobody else has ever done. Um, and 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 book, it's so funny to say, book in that playoff performance, this this past playoff performance, oh, yeah. was iconic in those games, in those first and second round games, especially in the second round. Those two games, those first two games at home in games three and four, yeah, some of the best basketball I've ever seen a, uh, an individual play in my life. Yeah, um, he needs an iconic season. Okay, you know what I mean where. It's undeniable that this guy's on a mission to win a championship. Um, Giannis had that when he won that that championship, where it was just like he's clearly the best player, right? Um, the great ones have those dominant years where you, they're just undeniable. That's the next evolution for Devin Booker, and I expect that to happen this season. Hundred percent. I think Devin Booker is going to have his greatest season as a Phoenix Sun this season, not only by points. Not only by assists, but I think his rebounds as well. Yeah. I think he's going to have an efficient year, and I think we're going to see something that we haven't quite ever really seen before from a from a quote unquote two guard that is leading his team, playing multiple positions, and really being the the leader of the franchise like we we know him to be. I think he's going to put everybody to shame this year. Yeah. I really do. I couldn't agree more, man. Listen, uh, you nailed a lot of things there in a vacuum. Charles Barkley and Steve Nash have to be there, right? Um, I think it's a foregone conclusion. Devin's going to be the greatest son yeah, ever, right? I think so too. Um, I think this year will be his best year on both ends of the floor. I think he's going to have his best defensive season this year because when you have Kevin and Bradley to take the pressure off on offense, he's going to be able to unlock a different gear that he hasn't been able to unlock so far on the defensive end, which is getting 
much improved. I mean, Devin guards every assignment every night and doesn't back down from anybody. Um, but I, I agree. I think one more finals appearance that gives him something different. Um, I think that magical season, if we beat the Bucks. I mean, that was an incredible season for Devin, right? Yeah, well, the next the next year is fourth in MVP voting. Exactly. That was that was magical. It just happened to end in complete there catastrophe. There you go. That's what my point. But the and the problem has has been is that he had Chris Paul playing right beside him, playing in those first two seasons equally as good yeah. at, at certain points, right? Chris Paul's the one that closed out the Clippers on the road. Uh, in the Western Conference Finals in Game Six, you know what I mean? And like if Chris, how, yeah. he was he was going ham in that game, right? Yeah, he like was. That he went crazy in that game. Was all yeah. Chris Paul, right? Like so, you could for every for every tip, there's a tap. Yeah. When it when it comes to the the Booker Chris Paul era, now I know I know we're going to talk about well, will KD and Beal? Sure, I get that. However, because of how many games these guys are on national television, and because of his supporting cast, and because of his now elevated playmaking ability, I think it brings more attention back to him okay. as opposed to KD and, and Beal. I think those guys are going to be equally as good, but I just think Devin Booker is going to be a slight level. When you watch the Phoenix Suns is what I'm saying, you're going to you're gonna know and you're going to say, yeah, Devin Booker's he's he's the guy on that he's team. He's the guy. KD and Beal are like, a minuscule notch right below. Yeah. But it's just, it's Devin Booker's a Phoenix Sun. That's what it is. Yeah. Look, I, I look at it. I'm on the fence. I, I think you could make a valid argument that Devin Booker is the greatest son right, right now. Right now, yeah. But he, the, he, hands down, has the best first eight years of a career in Suns history. Correct. Without a doubt. And the thing with Barkley, the thing with Nash, Barkley's just known uh, known just as much as a Philadelphia 76 yes. depending on small windows, where, yeah, yeah. where you grew up. Uh, you know, so and he also played in Houston. Nash for uh, you know, for a lot of people in, in Texas at least was as much a Mav as he was a son Correct. there as well. Devin Booker, like you said, is a Phoenix Sun. There is no doubt about him being a Phoenix Sun and we think you know, it, it seems like he very much wants to remain here for his career. I, I think at the end of this year, he's he's the greatest son, whether they make the finals or not, because I think he's going to do enough where the argument is is beyond reproach. Yeah. He's he's the best guy to put on purple and orange, and and I I don't see how that changes in any way. I think Devin is going to be the greatest son ever. There'll be a statue if championships come. That's great. Those accolades come, it's great. But if none of that comes, he'll still be the greatest son of well, all time. Yeah, Berkeley you know? Nash yeah. can pull it off, and yeah. they still are, are considered yeah. that. So any final thoughts as we look at, at the future of, of Devin Booker and what it means for the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, I think – and listen, I, I, I think this kid is about to uh, flip the NBA world on his head this year. I think we saw a glimpse of it, a glimpse of it in the playoffs – how free he was. People were like, hey, man, why is Devin going crazy like that? Yeah, because you can't double him no more. You can't send three people at him no more. And now Brad has a different element to that. So I think he's going to uh, go insane this year. I think something we forget about is that midseason tournament. Mm -hmm. I'm, Bro, I'm, I can't I'm, wait for that shit. I'm feeling, oh God, you, you know, this is going to, this is legacy changing stuff. And I was having this talk with somebody recently because we talk about Mike and Kobe and all this stuff. This adds a new wrinkle to it because now you're going to start counting NBA championships, MVPs, and midseason championships, 
right? So now fast forward 10 years. If Devin's got two, three rings, five mid-season championships, right? That changes the whole dynamic of someone's legacy. And this is something that that other crew didn't have. So I'm, I'm going to go on. I'm going to say it right now. We're winning the mid-season championship. Devin's the MVP. First team all-tournament. We're going to the finals. Devin's going to get his ring, his MVP, and he's going to get cheated for the league MVP. But he'll get all that other stuff. Finals we'll MVP, in, I think, is worth more. Finals than MVP, he'll season. get the league MVP. I think is is very. I, I I get what you're saying about the midseason tournament. <laughs> Talk to me. The only reason why I would disagree is because I need to see it. Mm-hmm. I need to see how the fan reaction is there in those buildings. Because again, if, if the if the environment is what I expect it to be at T-Mobile. Uh, a great venue for basketball. I mean, yeah. it's a tremendous venue for basketball. It gets loud in there. It gets raucous in there. Um, that does elevate the midseason tournament to me, almost even in in some forms beyond what the NBA Finals could provide. Because now you're talking about four different fan bases that are going at your head. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like yeah. it's going to be epic. I cannot wait. I plan on going because I want to see this. Yeah. I'm that excited about it. And yes, I would say in that, in that construct, it would elevate Devin Booker. The, the counterpoint to that is it's not as raucous as we thought it was going to be. It's kind of meh and stars are sitting out. That's true. Then, then it means nothing. And it means well, nothing. But I, I don't think, it, think that's what's going to happen. I think it also depends what's the drama in the championship game. Even the rest of it has been, eh, if it comes down to some kind of last second shot, yeah. especially in the first one, books a guy that hits that, I think that changes how we remember it too. Devin Booker Do hits you, a jumper to give Ish Rainwright $500,000. No, you don't think that's going to change somebody's life? <laughs> Hell yeah, Come it on, is. man. I'll be excited for Ish. Let's go. Do you care about all-star MVPs? Because that's a damn wreck game. Less less no, now no. than That's than what I'm saying. Before. But but in the hierarchy of things, people bring that up. They're no, like, oh, he got three all-star MVPs. No. And, and it, I'm like, it yo, it doesn't mean this. anything, right? No. So I think the midseason tournament will trump the all-star MVP. Yeah. yeah. I think of, you think I that's think, fair? Yeah. I, especially, I think especially in this first one because I think this first one is going to have a different feel. Yeah. Uh, it, even if it doesn't work long run, I think people are going to be very interested in this first one. You know what I'm very interested in is looking good on the golf course. And pins and aces makes you look good. They're the official golf apparel partner of PHNX and all city. They have great polos. They've got gear for your bags. Uh, they got ball markers. They got everything you can want as a golf fan. And right now, if you use the promo code PHNX, you're going to get 15% off your first order, check out pinsandaces.com and use that promo code PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Uh, Devin Booker showed off some stuff that looked pretty damn good over the weekend. The book ones he teased uh, this weekend. I think we got a, a few photos. This was one that had leaked uh, before, but he teased the orange colorway in a video and then also showed off the black and gold. It appeared that there may be a, a black and black version, a couple other different versions of this shoe. I actually really like it, and I know I'm not viewed as a sneakerhead on this program, but I like them. I think uh, I would rock those, and I like that it's a combo of kind of a fashion and a basketball shoe. It is. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's going to be a shoe that you're going to want to rock just chilling in the summertime. And, and and go out to dinner and chill, and you're also going to be a sneaker that you can ball in. I'm, I'm going to say this. One thing I was just— What's up with Saul? Saul, you don't like the cake, Saul? 
I'm not a fan. No? No, I think. Wait till you see the colorway. I got to see it in person, number one. I'll say that because sometimes mm-hmm. these things look different in person. I got to see the different colorways. The colorways. Like, it, it, I, I'm just, if these are the two shoes, I'm not vibing with them. I, I mean, if you want to, cool. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go out here and say that they're the they're hideous or anything like that. Hold on. You're wearing almost the identical shoe to what we just showed today. <laughs> Are you really saying that right now? Yeah, Those I are, am. About Air Force Air Ones. Force. Yeah, they, <laughs> come on, man, get out of here like with that, that shit. That's just like, bro. That they they look like your shoes. No, they look like your shoes. No, yours is like <laughs> they all look black. Like a modified Air Force One, dude. They, no, they're they a cove and like a blaze kind of yeah. put together. Um, they don't look like an Air Force what, One. Bring up the no. picture again, please. They got the black and gold. Oh, there. cool! They got the same colors. They got the same. It's they not got the similar same. stitch. Yeah, okay. they're 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 like they're trying to be. I, I'll, I'll give you this. They're trying to be somewhere in between, like what the the Kyrie, the Kobe, and an Air Force One is. Like it's it, like a blend of all three, and I don't. I'm not vibing with it at all. This, it looks a little clunky. It looks a little loose. It looks a little sloppy. It looks like they didn't put much thought into it. I w- I'm not a big fan of it. Okay. Now, if, if the colorways are different, I will change my mind. I'm just not a big fan of this. That doesn't mean it's a bad shoe. Doesn't mean nobody should buy it. I'm just not a fan. Nike, when you send out the free ones, remember Flex and I like it. Good luck with that. The colorways are fire, bro. Okay. You got. I, I think once you see the white and stuff, I think yeah. I'm a little, and I don't know if this is just a, a a prototype thing. I was hoping book would get a logo, and and the tongue on that shoe just says book. I, that was my little disappointment. I I I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I know some people have thought the Detroit like Tigers logo or whatever the hell that was in that blurred out image on the back of the black <laughs> shoe or something was his logo, but it's not. Yeah, it would it would be badass if they want that Detroit kind of script and, and give me a DB on it. But, but yeah. like, I, I just yeah, he he definitely needed a logo. He needed something to separate this. Uh, to me, there's just it, this looks like a shoe. I, I feel like you can't really argue with this. This looks like a shoe that you would find at Ross. Oh man! Oh oh, that's it. Damn! So, I'm that, wrapping this up. Uh, this, that, we're done. That, yeah, that's just that, that's that disrespectful. disrespectful. On so many levels. I mean, I found some good shoes at Ross. So the the intonation was not that, hey, I'm looking to go find some good shoes at Ross. Let's make that very clear. I mean, I think think when you see them and feel them and and listen, I think you're going to like them. When I see them, because I'm going to get them, I'm going to get a pair. Because I got to see them in person. The same thing. I'll say this. I I had I had a feeling about the the books the the. The moss points, there, yeah. The, the moss, moss points. points. I yeah. looked at them and I was just like, on, on in the pictures, I was like, man. I saw them in person. I was like, ooh, I kind of like these. Air and Force so I ones. bought them. Yeah, I loved them. And you and like so, you? They feel and, good, and so, right? Yeah, they felt good. I loved the the script on the back that said yes, sir, no, ma'am, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like I, I was down with them. I just didn't, I just didn't vibe with this in the pictures. Okay. I'm sorry. Again. Free ones to flex and I. Let's take a look at the uh, super chats before we get out of here. Suns Worldwide uh, making a play to get on our pickup team. He says, I'm getting buckets on y'all respectfully. He's six seven, by the way. Six Is seven. He six, seven? Yeah, he's a Oh, he's let's a get it, bro. I'm a bullshit. He's a tall dude. And also, like big dudes fall easy. So sorry, Suns Worldwide. You know I love you. <laughs> Leo says Devin is gonna get recognition tonight in AZ. We got the Drake concert. Uh so that'll be interesting to see. There, Drake obviously appeared in those teaser videos. And then Brian says, book is the prince that was promised. Hashtag Kingslayer. It's true. Yeah. It's true. So, 
That Get out is, to that Drake concert. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, it's all the way out in Glendale. Yeah. So. Get out to the so Drake. leave now. Also, if y'all want to see... I'm sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Y'all want to see some fire, y'all get out to that concert tonight. It's going to be legendary. Yo. I'm telling y'all. If, if Flex is saying it, people... It, it, it. Listen, if Flex is saying it, number one, and you're going to that Drake concert, we're just going to say, like, if Have you fun. see Book and you see Drake, you should probably take your camera out. Look yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that is a wrap for our Devin Booker edition of the program. He is Flex. You can find him at Flex from Jersey. Can I say one you thing? Got, you got some, of course. We got a 22-year-old star in the building. We do. Happy birthday Happy to birthday. my girl, Emma. There you go. I love you. You do a fantastic job. We could not end this show without showing you some love. I could have, but I, I just didn't know if she wanted to get called out. I'm sorry. Was that... So. All no, right. you're good. Happy it, birthday. It's all about Emma. the way you do it, and maybe it's probably good that you did it. Not. Okay. Yeah, I would have I would have just totally obliterated. <laughs> 22 year old stud. If I had the first pick in the draft, I'm taking him. Straight up. I'm taking myself. Because he's that's only been around you for a week. That's all that is. He is he is Saul Bookman. You can follow him at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow the show at PHNX underscore sports. You can follow me at Espo. And remember. Saul's got decent taste in employees he hires, but apparently his shoe taste sucks. Fuck all Retro, tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. BHNX though, Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saul passed the ball, we here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me, y'all always rep the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G. No 